Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 171. And today I'm going to be talking about the gap between expectation and reality. There's often a big gap between our expectations and how things actually turn out. Have you noticed? Yeah, you, you expect something to be one way and it doesn't turn out that way at all. And that can lead to a lot of confusion, a lot of grief. It can be a big disappointment. And this gap between expectation and reality, it seems to me that it happens in all sorts of situations and scenarios. You know, some of them aren't like a huge deal, but sometimes they are a big deal and they leave you kind of brokenhearted. Yeah, so that's what we're going to look at today. And, and this whole idea of expectation and reality, you know, I thought this would be a great move for us as a family. It's really hard here. I wish we had stayed where we were. Or I thought raising kids would be so much easier than it is. This is, this is really difficult. This is really, really difficult. Or I expected this job or this relationship to, to change everything for the better. I gave up a lot for it. And no, th this, is, this is not what I expected. Yeah, there's a gap between expectation and reality, isn't there? I was sure I'd get into this college. Or I said I never wanted to do this, and now I'm stuck here. And I hate it. And it's like you're in the gap. Yeah, well, you know, Easter Sunday night, the disciples find themselves in this place, in, in this gap, in this... Actually, for them, it is major. It's tr trauma and grief. And... This isn't a story about Jesus appearing and fixing everything. And then once Jesus appears on Easter and, and fixes everything, there's no more gaps because he's alive. That, that, that's not how the story is. Um, this is more about how, learning how to live in this gap because often we will find ourselves in less than ideal situations. And, and sometimes the situations just won't ever change, right? Or they're, at least they're not gonna get better anytime soon. So this really is a teaching about learning how to live in this, 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 this challenging and oftentimes uncomfortable space that life brings us. I mean, it's going to happen. It'll happen more than once. And, you know, this is just the way life is. So this takes place on Sunday afternoon, Easter Sunday afternoon, what we've come to call Sunday afternoon, Easter. Now, I don't know how you imagine resurrection, but Jesus said, come and touch me, I'm not a ghost. And then he said things like, give me something to eat. <laughs> it's like, hmm, what is that? 
And it's like twice in this passage in Luke 24, twice in the passage he, Luke wants to record this for us. It's like resurrection might not be exactly what you expect. I don't know what you think about when you think about resurrection, but you certainly don't think about, chances are, chances are, you, you don't think about Jesus being able to eat things and somebody can go up and actually touch him, right? So wh- however we perceive resurrection, there's a lot of mystery. There's things that we just don't expect, like him eating And then not only does he eat and not only does he say to Thomas, you can touch me, he also disappears too. It's not like he stays around long. And and then sometimes he's recognized and then many times he's not recognized. And there's just a whole lot of mystery about the whole thing. And I think that it is important for us to be comfortable with mystery because we're never really going to get our arms around God anyway, are we? I mean, the whole thing is just too big. So, you know, I think ultimately it's okay to wonder and have questions and have a lot of mystery because that's the way it is. So here's the story. On Easter Sunday afternoon, of course, we know this already, most of us, that When the women find the grave empty, nobody thinks it's good news, right? So Sunday morning, the the women go to the grave, it's empty, nobody thinks it's good news, word gets out, this Jesus who died on Friday and was buried, the grave is empty on Sunday morning and the disciples and the followers, the students, are distraught. They're distraught. They're filled with grief. They are bewildered. They are in crisis. Total trauma and crisis. This is when the dream dies kind of moment. This is when the future as you envision it is never, ever going to happen. And it won't, actually won't ever happen. You know, like I said at the beginning, their dream truly does die because it's never going to be what they hoped. It's going to be something, but it's not going to be what they hoped it would be. be. I mean, they had their ideas of Jesus and they had their ideas what, what he would do and how he would turn things around for them and how he would uh, take care of the corrupt government of the day Uh, And he doesn't do it, certainly the way that they expect. So again, it's not a story about everybody's sad and then Jesus appears and everybody's happy. No, no, no. Life doesn't work that way. The story is, this is called the walk to Emmaus. This is a wonderful text, part of the story. The story is that two of the disciples, one's called Cleopas and the other is unnamed probably his wife then, right? No, I don't know. Anyway, two disciples are walking and they, they're they talking together. 
they're having an intense discussion about what is going on because they've heard that the grave is empty. And Luke tells us that these two students are walking along, having an intense discussion, examining the evidence. Actually, that's the Greek implies the original language. Remember, the New Testament's written in Greek. The, uh, the word homileo uh, means intense discussion. It means uh, examining the evidence. So they're trying to figure things out. What in the world happened here? I mean, grief's one thing, but then you add confusion and then you add fear, which, by the way, the three often go together. Um, it's even more overwhelming. So there they are. They're walking to this village called Emmaus. It's about seven miles outside of the city. And they're walking along, trying to sort things out, talking, wondering. And suddenly... Jesus appears, but they were kept from recognizing him. They were kept from, that's the line in the text, they were kept from recognizing him. Which, if you consider this for a second, isn't particularly surprising. Because have you ever been in a situation, well, I know you have, but have you ever been in a situation where you say, I have no idea where God is in this? I, I can't see any good in this. Or have you ever said, it makes me wonder if there's even a God? Let's just push it to the extreme. You ever been in a situation where it's like, I don't even know if God even exists. Or you just can't see any, any recognition at all of a loving presence around you. Yeah, it can happen sometimes. So they were kept from recognizing him. This is what happens to us when we get really discouraged. So the stranger joins them on their walk and the stranger asks them what they're talking about. And surprisingly, Cleopas and his friend open up to the stranger and they tell them about they tell him about all their hopes and their dreams and their grief and their disappointment. And they tell the stranger about Jesus, <laughs> about his miracles and about his teaching and about his death and the em empty grave and and they said we, we had so hoped, you know, we, we just thought he was the one and and then the stranger listens to all of this and he, the stranger begins to explain the scriptures to them. So the stranger, i.e. Jesus, begins to teach them using something that's very, very familiar to them. Now, the scripture, particularly the Old Testament, might not necessarily be familiar to us at all. We might not know that much about the Old Testament because many of us don't spend as much time in the Old Testament, right? Or we don't hear as much about it. But for these original first students, they were schooled in this. They, they actually did know their scripture. It'd be the only book that they would know. They didn't really have many choices, right? 
But that was a big part of their culture. So the stranger begins to open the scripture. He uses what is familiar to them. And he's saying, look what it says. Look what it says in your own book. Didn't you see this before? It says that the Messiah, that's what they call the Christ, the Jesus. Look what it says. It says the the Messiah will suffer. This isn't some sort of haphazard, out-of-control event. You guys are walking along here and you're brokenhearted because the Messiah died on the cross and, and, and the grave's empty. Look what it says in your own scripture. It says that the Messiah had to suffer. And look what it says about death. And look what it says about resurrection. Look what it says about God bringing life out of death. And he's sort of opening up these scriptures to them that they hadn't understood before. Let me read the line to you in verse 25. This is the whole line. Jesus says, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe that all the prophets declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things? And then he began with Moses and the prophets, and he interpreted to them the things about himself in the scripture. So he's saying, listen, Cleopas, let me show you something here. Let let me show you something here. Let me show you something in, in the scripture that you know, but you haven't actually seen. You've missed this part, guys. Look at this. It says the Messiah would suffer and he would be raised again. Death, resurrection, it is written into everything. It's always been here, it always will be here. This isn't something completely out of control. And when he began to show them the scripture, very, very slowly they begin to get a little bit of understanding. Well, later on they said, they they don't say they, they get an understanding. Later on they say, were not our hearts burning within us? Meaning, well, what does it mean when your heart's burning within you? It's like, something's happening here. Something's, this is significant. I'm, I'm, I'm catching a glimpse of something bigger than me here. So he shows Cleopas and his friend the scripture, and they begin to understand death, resurrection, Seen in all things, it's the pattern of all things from the beginning to the end. Look at this. This isn't some horrible, horrible thing that has, and that's the end of the story. You know, the worst thing happening doesn't stop God from working, disciples. The worst thing happening doesn't mean that God is somehow helpless. It's like, Cleopas, you're thinking because it didn't turn out the way that you expected that it's all one massive mess. It's a loss. Yeah, I know. You hoped that Jesus would take on your corrupt government and Jesus didn't do that. But corrupt politics wasn't Jesus' primary focus. Yeah. That was a big surprise for them. Huge, huge disappointment, actually. Yeah, there, there, there's a gap between 
their expectations and their reality. Now, if they're going to fall and if they're going to trust, they can't hold on to their own agenda. It doesn't work that way. Same for us. I think one of the things happening on that walk to Emmaus is, is that the disciples are opening up tiny bit, little by little, to the reality that life isn't going to be what they hoped for. That's the first tragic part. It's not going to be what they hoped for. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's, there's something else. Now, they're not sure what that is yet. Because these movements that we have are subtle and often nuanced. When we move from a place of despair to a place of maybe there is life after all, that takes time often. And they're tiny movements often, right? So... This is like when, when we're distressed or confused or a dream dies or we're living in the gap. You know, you're, you're thinking, you're wondering, and honestly, at certain points in your life, there is just no clarity. There is no sense of I forward movement. And it's not for the want of trying. But sometimes we find ourselves, like Cleopas, totally bewildered. It could be a family conflict. It could be the state of the nation. Maybe it's a decision you need to make, a choice. Maybe it's about a sense of direction. It's better not to take any it's better not to do anything than to rush on ahead and to take a direction just for the sake of taking it. It's better to wait. It's harder, but it's better, I think. Um, yeah, this place of the gap, not wanting to be where you are, could be anything. But there's a sense of where is God in all of this? There's a sense of how in the world did I get myself in this position? There's a sense of this is all just too confusing. Now, we can get stuck in these places for a long, long time. Uh, or not. Fortunately, God has a way to get our attention as Jesus did with Cleopas. But I do think that we all have ex we've experienced spending too much time in confusion. And then, you know, one day, things start to open up just a tiny bit. And you think to yourself, well, maybe there's another way of looking at this, or maybe I wasn't quite thinking about this in the most helpful way. You start to think to yourself, well, maybe there is a possibility, or maybe I can change. Maybe if nobody else changes, maybe, maybe God can help me change. Now, any shift, any shift is, when any shift toward healing, I always see that as 
God being the author, you know. The pattern of death and resurrection is something to be experienced. It's not just something that you read about or something that you hear about or something that somebody else teaches. It is something that you experience. Little bits of life peeking out from your hopeless situation, whatever that would be. And the truth, you know, the change, or this glimmer of hope, or our hearts burning within us, uh, it can come to us in a variety of ways. It can come through, well, I think a common way is conversation, really. Conversation with, with another person. And it certainly could be listening to a teaching or a song. It certainly could be uh, a scripture. Um, it could be just you out for a walk, thinking about things, praying about things, wondering about things, meditating, and a new thought appears. Uh, yeah, it struck me from this reading that if... If new information hadn't come to Cleopas, he could have been confused a long, long time. But Jesus appeared and opened the scripture. It's like Jesus is saying, let me show you something you've missed, Cleopas. And I think that we can often go in circles because no new information is allowed in. Have you found that? It's like we go in circles because no new information is getting in. So it's almost like we need an opening for new wisdom. Because the thing about just talking to people is, and I don't mean to downgrade this, but people have limited wisdom and they often repeat themselves. So if you speak to someone about something, a friend or whatever, they're going to give you the same wisdom that they always give you because that's all they know at this point. So it's almost like we need to get out of our usual conversations with the usual people and open ourselves up to something bigger, deeper, wiser. So for Cleopas, that, that the deeper and the wiser was the scripture. It was God's word. For Cleopas... Now, this guy knew the Old Testament, but he couldn't see any, he couldn't see the truth within it. Because he's telling himself, this is disastrous. The Messiah suffered, the Messiah died. It's the end of the story. We don't have anybody to follow anymore. Our dream's dead. And then the scripture came along and said, actually, that's not true. It's, it, it, <laughs> that's not true at all, Cleopas. The worst thing hasn't happened. In fact, this is all part of a much, much bigger plan that you know absolutely nothing about, but I'm going to show you. Because out of death, God can bring new life. That's who God is. I mean, Jesus said, I am resurrection, I am life, meaning it's what I do. It's what I do. And it's written in 
to the entire cosmos, the whole creation, as well as ourselves. But we will experience it the most is within ourselves when we have these sort of many, what shall I call them, many resurrections of hope and new life that enable us to lift up our head and carry on no matter what. And these sort of mini resurrections help us to lift up our head and think, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. I think I can sense at some level that God is with me and helping me. And there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, help us to experience this resurrected new life within us. Help me to experience it within me, that what you experienced, I can experience too. It's the prayer, it's the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.